0: Yes! Welcome back to Go Deep, the podcast, a member of Go Deep Productions, where we have an opinion like we have a clue. Thank you for coming back. And here's your host, John Nothing! Do! oh yes here we go another sunny day and if it's not sunny for you that's unfortunate for you but it's very sunny for me and i'm enjoying it we have another special guest on the show as usual we're not here to upset you we're here to enlighten you and with that being said i have someone very special that would love to have your ear for 30 minutes an hour or however long they decide the one the only julie uh, has maddie How are you? I butchered that a little bit.
1: Uh, You know what? You actually did such a great job. (laughs) Seriously. You nailed it. And yes, I'm so happy to be part of this podcast. Very excited.
0: So everybody's probably wondering, what do you do, Julia? And I'm gonna throw it out there for you. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the step, <laughs> take the initiative, if you will, and say it for you. You're a light worker. And now everybody's like, what in God's green earth is a light worker? <laughs> I'll let you explain first, and I'll tell you what Google tells me.
1: Okay. Well, in my definition of light worker, somebody who spreads the inner light, somebody who ignites others, empowers others, and enlight their light from within. However. Uh, usually when people ask me what I do, I tell them that I teach unconditional love. And that raises more eyebrows than the light worker.
0: (laughs) Does it raise eyebrows in the sense where people have filthy minds or is it raise the... the
1: You know what? I think that a lot of people are not familiar with the concept of unconditional love. And everybody thinks, well, unconditional love, what is that? Love is love, right? But I believe that there are two types of love. There is a utilitarian love and there is unconditional love. And the best example to give without going into details yet Okay. Is um, you let's say if we take a person, a person usually loves or likes whatever you want to refer to it. Their cell phone, right? Yeah. Uh, They can't necessarily. They can live without it, but in practice, they need to. Right? (laughs) It's not ideal. Yeah. So if we use this term broadly. Some people love their cell phones. However, yes. if their cell phone gets lost or stolen or broken, they will be sad for maybe a week, two, maybe even a month while they're switching to a new device. But once the new device comes into place, they move on and they kind of forget about their old cell phone. Why? Because the love was utilitarian. Okay. So the person gets attached to something or someone because they're using this person or this device. Okay. However, the unconditional love is the way you love a pet. So if you think of, let's say, adopting a cat or a dog, when you adopt a pet, you don't expect them to clean or cook or, I don't know, do dishes or pitch in for half of the bills. Yeah. You take that being with an intent of taking care of it unconditionally. Yes. And technically, the dog can rip up your slippers and you're still going to feed it. You're still going to pet it.
0: You might consider otherwise for the
1: evening. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Well, again... You don't have to tell us the truth. We know it. It's Okay. (laughs) Oh, that's hilarious. (laughs) Um... But going back again, you know, you're very forgiving, yes. even though you're not necessarily getting specific actions. All you get is love in return. Yes. But that's what unconditional love is, is loving something or someone just for their existence. And I think that's the concept that kind of got lost um, and gets lost with us as we grow up, because the only way we can learn unconditional love is either we keep it from our childhood, because every single person that is born, every child is capable. Of unconditional love, yeah, and that's why when you look at a one or two year old, they don't have depression. They're not a racist. They're not prejudiced. They're not sexist. They just love everything and everyone. They love the world. They have zero expectations, and they have tons of gratitude. Again, that's the basis of unconditional love because unconditional love requires unconditional acceptance. Okay, which means that you accept the person or situation either way. Yeah. And you love the person, including yourself, either way, good or bad, because technically that's subjective. Yep. So what happens is when a child is born, they're capable of unconditional con- love. However, as they observe grownups, let's say their parents or their teachers, they start getting feedback. Oh, you didn't do your dishes. You know, you grounded. Yeah. AKA, I do not love you in that moment. Because most parents, when they, let's say, throw out a punishment, and again, I find that nowadays parents, to teach children through punishment rather than through rewards. Okay. And I think that positive reinforcement goes much longer way, not with just kids, but even with adults growing up. Because I find that when you're putting somebody down for what they did wrong, rather than raising them up for what they did right, you're kind of emphasizing on what you want them to concentrate. So when you're punishing a child for what they did wrong, they're just going to do things right out of fear. However, when you praise... So like in
0: a way of dominance.
1: Exactly. Because they just want you to love them and they don't want to disappoint you, yeah, right? Because again, the concept of unconditional love is getting lost through the parents. Why? Because, well, the parents weren't unconditionally loved, you know? So therefore, how can they love conditionally, if no one unconditionally loved them. So I find that when you positive reinforce behavior, so let's say if your child does something right, and you reward that, then in their brain, it's like, I want to do more things right. To make them happy Rather than I don't want to do things wrong To piss them off So it's kind of the same situation But two completely different ways to deal with it
0: For sure I've heard a lot about that stuff Now before we go any further there We're going to go into the meeting (laughs) for Google Right? (laughs) Yeah Which is a little bit different But it's not much different Okay So for Google it says Light workers are workers of the light The light being God and Jesus If you're not religious It doesn't have to be religious So take a step back folks (laughs) Uh, So we are workers for them To help them come out of the darkness and into the light and love which is a lot what you're speaking about love is something that is uh not trendy and not to be bragged about which you're not i'm not saying you're bragging (laughs) i can see the look (laughs) folks i'm telling you almost died right there um it just means you're dedicated to doing this that's good so let's go back to um the this meaning for one second so would you say that you're spiritually connected while you're doing this uh light work like do you speak to your uh, spirit guides or do you have anything of that sort or is it just something you feel inside and you just have to use it for the positivity
1: so it's a great question and uh, before i dive into that i want to address the whole religion thing okay you see i always say that i have faith but not religion because to me those are different things i do believe that there is a greater being whether you want to call it god universe different people refer to it differently of course um so i think as long as the person has faith that there is something greater to whether it's take care of us or take care of I don't know, our universe. I think that's an important base to have. Yep. I don't really want to dive in too much into religion or what it means for me, okay. which is, I think, a great thing for a next episode or a podcast. <laughs> yep. Wink, wink. Yeah. But uh, going back to the way I work. So my base is still psychological. So okay. when I work with somebody, I do make psychological evaluations. And that's based on the material that I've learned. That's based on my experience because, well, I've been in therapy in the beginning of my year. Years in my life too, so I've had that experience. So as much as I use that knowledge as a base, I do go off my intuition as well. Okay, um, I do channeling. Uh, in terms of receiving information and channeling the best describe is when i'm talking to somebody sometimes i receive like this images or pictures in my head yeah that when i describe it to the person to me it might make zero sense but it makes total sense to them
0: so like a like a psychic or like how steve harvey talks about when you have a vision it's you know doesn't matter your religion i'm just saying this word out but like it's god's Yes. Showing you what's for you if you want it kind of thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. 100%. And I always say that to substitute me, right, a person can go to a psychologist, right, for a session, and then they can go to some Reiki guru to work on their energies and high vibrations. And then, I don't know, finish it off with a psyche who will predict their future. Yes. You know, somebody who is spiritual. Now, when someone works with me, I call myself a combination of three. That's how I came up with the whole 3D term, because I really look at the person from all perspectives I see people as energies and I've studied enough to understand how energies and high vibrations work so when I work with my clients I try to keep them on high vibrations I try to work with their energies and energize them and that's why when somebody works with me the feedback that I get is like oh my god I'll talk to you and it's like I drank coffee on steroids for next three days I have like energy coming out of my yin yang
0: so what does that do for you i don't mean i don't mean to cut you off but what Like, mm-hmm. let's say we're having a session right now yes it's an hour-long session now this person feels like a million bucks they're over the moon for the next three days they're they're sleeping well they're they're <laughs> so full of energy they want to do jumping jacks the whole nine yards yes does that make you tired do you feel like you've lost not energy not
1: at all actually okay my friends they know uh i rest actively as uh silly as it might sound for me the best rest is walking so i try to walk up to 30,000 steps a day oh wow and it's not that I'm trying to be a hero I actually do um, a walk for money uh, it's basically the amount of steps you make there is like a payout system within different apps okay. and then you can either buy like gift cards or you can donate the money so I always say that I walk for a cause because all my steps I donate it to good use however i find when i walk when i'm active the more active i am the more energy i have and that's why i call it active rest because if i'm exhausted i will literally get out of the door and go for a walk and within an hour my energy will be back at i don't know level 100 which is another thing too i find that even since i was a child my energy was more of a force Okay. In a sense where I don't really drink coffee. I don't drink any energy drinks because <laughs> honestly, I wake up in the morning already excited. I wake up in the morning already with energy. And I think it's because I live my life very soulfully. Okay. Going back to my belief that every human being consists of three main parts, which is our body, the physical part. Our soul and our mind, which is people refer to it as ego or playing roles or wearing a mask. So if you think about it, I had a post explaining that when you feel tired from your work, it's not necessarily the work you do, but you get tired of playing a role while you're doing that job.
0: Which makes sense. I think a lot of people are wearing masks.
1: Yes. Yeah, so wearing a mask or playing a role or pretending or living through your ego is actually extremely exhausting because it's kind of like lying. You gotta keep up with it. You gotta it's remember not your true it self. exactly. But when you are your true self, everything you do fulfills you, uh, and that's why w- for me, even working with my clients fulfills me. And uh, the best example I have is I had a client overseas, and we had like twelve-hour difference, which is I work around the clock because I love what I do. So at one point, I received a message, and I was up at. Work was one in the morning my time and it was 12 in the afternoon her time on her end so she sends me a message she's like Julia I know I haven't paid for a session but I'm having a complete meltdown right now can you please help me so I never refuse people if they're really in need so I could feel that she needed me you know so I kind of tried to nurse her through the experience that she was going in and then at the end of it she goes you know I really don't understand I feel like I'm so passionate about what I do I feel like you know I finally found my purpose but it just doesn't sit right and my Mind you, uh she was in the aesthetics industry. Let's say she does nails for a living.
0: I was gonna say nails or eyelashes. Uh, yeah, or something, sure. Right? I yeah. just want to use an example.
1: <laughs> so I remember saying to her, I said, you know, as much as you think you're doing what you're passionate about, let me ask you this. Right and I kind of shifted it and said, Right now it's almost two AM on my end. You have not prepared for my time for me to come here, like to be here for you. Yeah. However, I am here. Because it matters to me. That's my purpose. That's my passion. Yes. Now, if your client were to call you at two in the morning and said, Hey, can you come over right now and do my nails for a thank you and a smile? I'm like, what would you do? Would you jump into your car, drive over and do the nails? And she's like, No, of course not. And I'm like, that's exactly it. Passion is something that you can be waking up in the middle of the night. Like you wake me up in the middle of the night asking me about self-love. I'll preach. I'll preach till (laughs) five in the morning, even if you woke me up at 2 a.m. Oh, wow. So that's what I think true passion is about. And when you are living through your passion, you constantly have that energy because that's what fuels you. That's what gives you that zest for life and drive. Yeah,
0: that's crazy. I think if someone called me at two o'clock in the morning, I probably wouldn't hear them if they (laughs) turn off my phone. (laughs) (laughs) So that's very nice of you to keep your phone uh, Um, up and available for them.
1: Yeah. Well, I, you know what it is? I genuinely love humans. I genuinely love changing people's lives. And yes, I do it for money because, well, nothing is free in this world. You know, I cannot buy. Nothing of value is
0: considered free.
1: True. I cannot buy, I don't know, my kids' uh, meals with a smile. Yeah. So um, in that sense, I feel that, yes, I get paid for what I do, but I invest more than my time. I invest my energy. I invest my experience and I truly invest my heart and soul. So again, my goal is not to get paid my goal is the result my goal is for a person to come back and say Shit, you've changed my life yeah i cannot recognize my life and that's really the feedback that gets me going and yes. helps me move forward because so far and again i'm not saying it in a bragging way but my success rate is hundred percent, and I'm very happy about it because if I'm able to touch and change every human's life that come my way, yeah, I'm excited. This is definitely a great purpose in life for me.
0: This does sound like a great purpose. Sorry about that sound effect. Oh, folks. I
1: love that. <laughs> I thought that was like a little celebration to what I do. <laughs>
0: it was. It was. Uh, it was appraising for the moment. <laughs> love that. Now you have a bunch of clients right now. You have the obvious feeling of hundred percent completion in a sense. Is it a hundred percent completion? Like, do you find that these people are lifelong clients, people that will come back to you periodically. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't.
1: Okay. So (laughs) anyone who's listening and who is a a counselor or I don't know, a psychotherapist might not really like what I'm about to say. And I do work a a lot with people from that type of industry. I get a lot of coaches, life coaches, psychologists, psychiatrists. And here's my 50 cents on the matter. Most people in that field work with what I call egos. So when somebody sits there going over the traumas, going over, you know, the negative experiences, trying to kind of pull it apart, but not necessarily heal it from the root. And what I'm referring to is, imagine you have a headache. If I give you an Advil, it will take away your headache, but your headache might come back. Because the reasoning behind that headache can be your blood pressure, it could be your sodium level, it could be, I don't know, diabetes, it can be a blockage in your spine, it can be so many different reasons. So unless you fix the root, the problem will keep coming back. So the reason people go for therapy for years and years and years, because they take trauma and they kind of work their way around. But really, trauma is just a trauma to an ego. Because to a soul, it's an experience, Yeah, And if you look at everything that happened to you as an experience, then you can kind of look at it. Is it a positive experience or a negative experience? And again, defining whether it's positive or negative is very subjective because you can say, yes, it's a negative experience if you haven't learned anything out of it. But if you take a negative experience and you figure out what was the lesson in it, so when you're moving forward,
0: you don't repeat it
1: you don't repeat it exactly, you're living more self-aware life, then technically it's a win. So I find, and I always say that whenever things go sideways regardless of whether it's good or bad. If it's good, great. Then it's a pleasant experience, I'll remember. If it's negative, then great, because I'm going to learn from it and I'm going to move forward with a better knowledge of life. Because things don't necessarily happen with us, they happen for us. They happen for us to experience something and something greater. And I think that's where faith comes in. Because if you have no faith, really, then you can't rely on a feeling that, yes, you know what, everything happens for the best of me. And that's when I think you start going down the spine feeling like you're alone like no one cares because again with faith you'll always know that there is a greater being that does care about you that you matter on a bigger scale and i think that's where again faith is very important to have
0: 100 i believe faith is a a big deal now do you find you were talking about channeling earlier yes so what is your process of channeling when did you first discover you were able to channel or was it something more or less you were taught or you Uh, So,
1: as i became more and more self-aware it came in naturally and i actually want to tie in your previous question to that so again when somebody goes to a counselor they usually work with their egos so therefore it takes years and years circles and circles worth of work to kind of come to a final destination for me i try to go after a soul directly so i try to communicate to people through my soul towards their soul and I try to go through every experience in their life help them figure out the lesson help them figure out the pattern so usually my clients they're not necessarily repeat clients like somebody might come in for a tune-up what I call you know if some situation aroused and they're like oh my god Julia like I looked at the situation from all angles I'm really not getting what's the lesson here yeah. so once I explain it they go back to let's say, call it being fixed, you know, or feeling uh, more understood or have a better understanding about their life. But going back, my clients are not, I'm not building dependency with my clients. What I do is I teach them how to help themselves process traumas and thoughts on their own so it's kind of instead of giving somebody a fish you teach them how to fish yeah so that's what i do i teach them analyze and really being able to self-discover and once they are able to grasp that concept really they don't need counselors they don't need me because all the answers are within us Yes. we just don't know how to listen to ourselves and I think that's where that tune in comes in so going back to channeling when I first started working with people um, when a client would ask me a question I'll all of a sudden would have that vision that I described and I would just kind of explain what I'm seeing in the vision and once I start receiving feedback of people saying oh my god how did you know that how did you figure this out how did you know about my mother how did you know about my guilt issues and I really didn't have an explanation so then I started to do a research for myself. I mean, am I actually a psychic? Is that what psychic abilities are? And that's where I realized that what I do is a combination of many things. And I try not to use it or abuse it. (laughs) Let's put it that way. And I'm also very careful at being too open with the visions that I'm seeing for people because sometimes A, I know that a person is not necessarily ready to receive the information. And B, I always say that going to a psychic is a little bit, how shall I put it? Okay, personally, I'd never go to a psychic. And the reason being is because imagine yourself trying to get from point A to point B. And imagine you're thinking that you want to go and see the ocean and you're standing at the crossroads. When you come to a psychic, the psychic will tell you to get to the ocean, you need to go right because that's where ocean is. Yeah. However, when somebody comes to me and they say, you know what, Julia, I want to go to the ocean. And I see them on the crossroads. And I know that if they go straight, there is a desert. If they go back, there is mountains. If they go left, there is, let's say, forest. And right, there is ocean. Yeah. And yes, they want to go to the ocean. But I always try to explain to them that there's other avenues that they can go and see. I always want to make sure that is it the ocean that they want to see? And I always try to open up the other
0: possibilities,
1: possibilities for them rather than narrowing them down to one because again what psychics do they kind of take all your routes life routes and they say okay you only have one and you got to follow it because once you receive the information it makes it true in your brain so if i were to say to somebody so this, you would
0: say they almost kind of sorry i didn't mean to interrupt mm-hmm. you no no no, go. they would they'd be more apt to lean to exactly what they've been told is coming
1: exactly so <laughs> what i try to do is i try to understand not necessarily tell my client where they headed so let's say somebody comes to me and they're an alcoholic and i can see that in the next five years they're gonna lose their whole family because they're already disconnected from their kids, they're getting disconnected from their wife. And really that's the route they're going. But what I do is I would ask them, I said, I would say, where do you want to see yourself in five years? And say they say, well, I want to see myself athletic. I want to see myself well built. I want to see myself playing with my kids. I want to see myself, I don't know, being connected with my wife. So when I see that they want to go, let's say one direction and it's not the direction where they headed right now, then my job becomes to change their reality and try to change their path onto the experience that they're looking for and the best way to describe it is you know how they say manifestation is not about thinking what you want is about being yeah. so again if you want to be athletic or you want to i don't know run a marathon you got to think that person that wants to run a marathon that person that's athletic would that person drink a coke would that person go to mcdonald's for breakfast no and if the answer is no what would that person do and so you say well that person would have a smoothie every every morning or a protein shake. So if you want that reality, then that's what you got to start acting as of right now. Again, the biggest part of my therapy is because I'm teaching unconditional love. One thing I do is I provide unconditional love for my clients. So I really emerge them into that feeling of unconditional acceptance so then they can apply that to their life knowing what it feels like so w- i believe that with every concept in order to get it in order to be part of it you need to emerge yourself into it and understand what it takes to be on the lifeline that you want to be on
0: so you would say in that regard you want them to fake it till they make it to that point where it's not believable it's it is
1: yes the only thing is you got to do it with a purpose Right. Yes. So, for example, again, somebody who wants to be wealthy, yeah. right? If they were to go and sell their car to buy Louis Vuitton because, well, that's the purse they want to, I don't know, have to fake it to make it. That's very surface like. Yeah. So there's always two types of, um, let's say impression, a surface impression and the internal impression. So the change has to be from within, right? So it's not about changing the surface look to fake it. It's changing your mentality from within to fake it. Because here's the thing, if you're going to fake it surface wise, you might not have that McDonald's next to like sitting next to your girlfriend. However, you might have that McDonald's at 2 a.m. when no one's watching. So your change has to be to the point where if no one's watching, you're still doing it. Yes. So yeah, that
0: makes sense. All right. So let's uh, move a little forward here, there, Julia, and let's start talking more about your clients. So you've had a bunch of clients, and um, you've shared one of your instances with us. Tell me more about some of the more worst case scenarios that you feel like you've helped that person turn the corner and go in the right direction.
1: Okay. So I had. I had a client who's um, had really big issues with guilt and it really was coming from her childhood to the point where her father was an alcoholic and uh, when she was an age of six he would come home drunk and in order for him not to beat her mom she would run towards him so he would take out because he was an angry drunk he would take out his anger on her. Oh, wow. and when I asked her what was her train of thought behind it she explained that she felt that her mom had to stay with an abuser because of her because she was born and when we start looking into the root of it and I was trying to show her that her guilt is really inflicted and her guilt really didn't have base for it as I could see it I explained to her that there's a lot of women that are single moms. There is a lot of women that live on their own, especially I explained to her that for her mom to choose to stay with an alcoholic that weren't working, there definitely was no support. She was staying with him for her own reasons. So in that moment, my client recognized in that situation that it wasn't her fault and that it was self-inflicted fault. So once we start going through every example that she would give me, she realized that there was no basis for feeling guilty. However, that guilt was just such a strong feeling that she couldn't overcome. So during the conversation, I get this vision that she was a very abusive person towards other people in her previous life so i basically start sharing with her my thoughts and i said you know i really feel that in your previous life you were abusive and that's where your guilt is coming from you dragged it into this life trying to repay that guilt trying to be kind towards people around you to make up for your kind of previous experience aka that's what karma is right is our experience from previous life we kind of drag them into this one and that's what kind of messes up with us
0: now could that not possibly be a soul contract because i've heard that too, but. I don't know if that applies in this particular Uh, scenario. Soul
1: contracts, yes, they are real. But I believe that, again, the way I see it, it's more between two souls, two people. She felt guilty about everything. Okay. so anything that would happen in her life, you know how some people get angry or some people get aggressive. She would get guilty. So I find that that underlining feeling that everyone and everyone has their own feeling, which is very interesting. I call it a program. And that's another thing that I do with my clients is everyone has the specific word, the specific underlining feeling under every situation that they go through. And that's usually what people refer to as karma. And to some, it's about fairness. To some, it's about guilt. To some, it's about selfishness. To some, it's about value. Like I've seen it all. And I find that self-awareness is such a strong key in healthy and happy living because once you know who you are how you are and why you're acting based on certain feelings and where are those feelings coming from that's when you can actually evaluate your life and say you know what in her case she was doing so much out of guilt that she was pushing herself to the limits even when it wasn't necessary. Interesting. So once she recognized that and once I gave her that type of information, which is again, the reason I know that it was correct because it resonated with her. She didn't sit sit there looking at me being, oh my God, Julia, what are you talking about? Previous lives? What are you crazy? (laughs) She looked at me, she's like, how did you know? Because she could feel it within her soul and she could feel it within her heart that what I'm saying has a place to be, that what I'm saying resonates with her and that to her it feels like the truth because if i were to tell you for example that i don't know you know what i think in a previous life you were um, a courting lady to you it would be funny because well they're what like i don't what? think i'd look good in a dress <laughs> yeah, exactly exactly <laughs> but when i say something that's really relevant to you it will resonate you'll yes. know that it's true because
0: you think it's relevant we, only because you want it to work with you that you're desperate for something to work? Or do you think it's something that actually will be relevant in you and you'll, f- like you'll feel beaming out of you almost?
1: You know what it is? Because I make my clients feel very comfortable and at ease and accepted, they have no problem telling me no if they feel that something is incorrect. Okay. Their and relationship- you never feel
0: offended when someone says oh no? Oh, my
1: gosh, no, no. Correct me when I'm wrong. I don't know. Challenge me. I love that. I love that because, well, I'm never wrong.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm just teasing. <laughs>
0: I have the same problem. <laughs> <laughs> right?
1: Prove me that I'm wrong because I never am, right? So again, maybe I just haven't run into that situation. But so far, whenever I share something with a person, they seem to understand it. They seem to really feel it. So again, going back in her guilt, once she realized that her guilt was self-inflicted, she started to watch out for it. And it's funny because she left me a review a month later and she goes, you know, Julie, at first I thought that once I figured that route out, my whole life will change and everything will just become fuzzy and bubbly and full of rainbows, but it didn't. But she goes, after two weeks, I start noticing that I would feel guilty for things that I shouldn't be feeling guilty for. And that's when it clicked that that guilt was self-inflicted. So once she started recognizing it, she started to withdraw herself from that feeling. So long story short, it's been now two years since we worked together. And yes, her life is complete. Completely different. She no longer feels guilty for things. She's not responsible. She no longer takes responsibility for feelings of others. She no longer, because that's another thing, she was very controlling because she felt guilty when somebody was experiencing negative feelings. Therefore, she was trying to shelter everyone and anyone, which is overwhelming for another person too, to be with somebody who's constantly feeling guilty. So yeah, it really helped her in the long term to understand herself, where her issues coming from and how to fix it. And now she's able to self- regulate that's why she doesn't need me she doesn't need a counselor she doesn't need a psychotherapist because
0: the she, awareness you brought up to her so that she's able to evaluate herself and
1: exactly. self-diagnose
0: and move forward exactly that's interesting so i want to go back to channeling one more time yes, yes. only because there's one question <laughs> i had while you were telling us um, your story here about channeling now you say you don't use it for your own good Mm-hmm. But have you found yourself sometimes using it to, for family and stuff of that nature, whether it be your husband, seeing into, the you know, what's going on with your kids or maybe extended family?
1: So with regards to my husband, my kids, and my family, and my friends, I mean everyone knows what I do because I breathe it. So to me, channeling is such a normal thing at this point that uh, you know, for example, let's say my husband, I can have a conversation and let's say we're talking about his business and he's like, you know, like last few guys I hired for some reason they're not working out and I'm just not getting what it is. Can you help? And I would start asking him certain questions. Okay, well, what do you think your lesson in it? What do you think you're trying to learn from it? And then all of a sudden I'll. Give get the answers. I'll get the information. So I would start talking. And usually when I'm channeling on a physiological level, I get covered in goosebumps. Okay. So my friends and family, they now know to observe me. So if I'm talking passionately about something, they'll glance and be like, okay, Julia, you're preaching. You covered the goosebumps. We see it. We're good. So they're kind of really aware of that.
0: Now, but- when you're talking to them and they notice that you're getting goosebumps, yeah, do they start trying to probe more? Like for me, I think I would be nosy. I'd be like, okay, <laughs> you've got goosebumps. <laughs> Give me the story. What, what's coming down the pipe for me? Please and thank you.
1: Oh my God. You know what? sometimes they do try to push for it. But there's such thing as when I say, I don't think you're ready for that information. because there is too much, there is such thing as too much of information that you can give to a person and it becomes overwhelming. So I always try to give it in bite sizes. And even with my counseling, right? um, I offer a counseling session that comes with one week supervision and I call it tech support. And that's exactly for the purpose of if I'm channeling and there's more information I can give to the person, but I know that they're not ready in that moment. That's why I have that week to kind of bring it up when the moment is right. So, yes, I would remember that information and I would still give it to the person, but at the right moment.
0: Okay, that makes sense. So, when we came here, uh, this is the last question of channeling and we'll move on. Um, I love it. So, so when we came here Mm -hmm. and you met me initially. Yes. What were your goosebumps?
1: Ooh, okay.
0: (laughs) I'm being nosy. I can't help myself.
1: Uh, Wow, okay. You know what? Uh, I love this and I'd love to answer, but... Yeah, you know what? I really believe in people's privacy. Okay. And uh, as much as I would love to tell you everything, I think... um, I'd like to reserve a right to do it between you and I.
0: So we're going to be doing this privately. Yeah. Not the whole crowd.
1: We don't need to tell them all where you're going with your life path. But okay. yeah, I'm definitely open to sharing with it.
0: Ooh, I'm excited. Uh-huh. If it's good enough, maybe I'll share it with you guys. There we go. <laughs> On a later you know show. What
1: it, you see, that's the thing. I rather tell you in person and let you reserve the right, whether you want to share it with the rest of the world or yeah. not. Because again, neither you or I know what's going to come out of this mouth. No. And I don't want us, <laughs> start channeling and then in the middle of it, just kind of cut it off because I know that it's too personal or too sensitive of an information. Okay. Because again, I have respect for all people because I genuinely
0: love them. So
1: last thing I want to do is jeopardize somebody's well-being in an emotional
0: way. Okay. All right. That's fair. I can respect that. (laughs) So you have your LinkedIn channel and I say the channel because you're on there and you're, and I wouldn't even say you're preaching. I'm saying you're sharing insightful, I would almost say like memes, but they're not memes. They're just short little reels, is, if you yeah. will, of like your uh, intent for positive and stuff of that nature. Where do you see yourself... In five years from now with this, do you find that you're getting busier to the point where, you know, eventually you're going to have to have somebody else help you do that so that you can keep focusing on the clients you have? Do you think this is just something you're going to be able to handle on your own?
1: It's a great question. And honestly speaking, headed into public speaking. Okay. And the reason I'm saying is that is, yes, right now I'm working one-on-one and I'm changing people's lives, one human at the time. But I do want to make a large impact large enough impact on the whole humanity.
0: So you want to make a dent in the universe.
1: Exactly. (laughs) So yes, I am making that dent and chipping away one human at a time right now. But if I can get hundred or a thousand humans in front of me, I can empower and inspire them the same I do with one person. Yes. So to me, I'm trying to reach masses. And what I'm doing right now is I'm sharing my train of thought. I'm building my credibility. I'm showing people who I am. I'm being transparent with my thoughts. I'm being transparent with my action. And that's why you can see my content. It's kind of, you can call it all over the place, but I call it me. Yes, there is some videos that are very insightful and very, you know, wisdom oriented. Then yeah. there are some videos that completely are mindless. Me dancing, laughing, I don't know, walking in the water, random Just things. Just being a normal human Just being. being. Being me because I really want to expose all sides of me so when somebody approaches me they know who I am they know how I am because with me what you see is what you get Yeah, I am as transparent as it can be I write even in my posts I write about my kids my husband my personal life I have nothing to hide Yeah, so I'm very open with it and I do it with the purpose of yes empowering and inspiring other people so they can see things that I do and be like wow this is interesting okay I'd like to do that too and then also as I said building credit ability where I have enough space to take it publicly, where there is enough people that can support me and sort of empower that journey of mine, right? Because again, whether I'm talking to somebody one-on-one or whether I'm talking to 100 people at one, the result is the same. So if I can reach more people at once well it's more beneficial for humanity and the planet itself
0: that's a a beautiful way of looking at it now when you're talking when we're talking about your reels or your experiences that you're sharing on linkedin is there somebody else like i i see like i know that you're you know you're being a light worker but i'm also seeing like motivational speaker kind of stuff is there any motivational speaker that really speaks to you i know for me i'm like a tony robbins bob prockner kind of guy some of these guys i'm not so into i don't feel like they're Genuine but Who works for you Cause I feel like you have Someone that works for um. you
1: you know what it is? It's kind of like similar to faith and religion. Okay. I find that I don't necessarily follow a specific person. I'm open to everything because I'm a very open-minded person. And I really don't believe there is one specific uh, speaker that really only speaks the truth to me. I find truth in lots of different speakers. And I think that's why, again, on my page, as much as you can see my material, you can also see material from other speakers. Sure. and. I'm posting it not for them, not necessarily because of their name or who they are. I'm posting and sharing it because their message resonated with me. So because, again, sometimes I scroll through social media too. Sometimes I see different videos of other speakers that make sense to me. And those are the videos that I share. So for me, there is I don't idolize people. And everyone has sort of things that I agree with and things that I disagree with but i only choose to take what works for me that makes sense Share that
0: now you did make mention that you do have some limitations with people and you try not to share everything too much because too much information is too much of an overload overload i can't speak (laughs) english today and that you know they'll probably do like what they do with psychics and they'll lean on that information and make it a reality opposed to fall into their their path if you will what's your limit really like
1: um so again, you see as you describing it, I was going to say, Yeah, that's exactly it. I do not want to enable a person. Because again, when they are relying on somebody else, they're enabling themselves and they're really limiting them um the journey, maybe the journey that they have. Exactly. Because once you rely on somebody else to tell you what's your next step and what to do, then really you're limited to just that. So I try to let my clients come up with their own life path based on the information that i provide for them so think about this way imagine uh you want to build a puzzle yeah and you come with me with a puzzle box and i'm really good at building puzzles yes i can take it and i can put all the pieces together and you can see it already put together
0: but you haven't done it yourself uh,
1: exactly but what i do is i tell the person you know what can you find me four corners and then put them on the sides okay so once the person does that I go okay can you now find side corners you know can you color coordinate them so I guide my clients to kind of make that puzzle work and then the last piece of putting it just together they do it on their own because they can already see the bigger picture so again for me giving too much information is like putting the whole puzzle together for them which will not be beneficial in a long term
0: that makes sense so early we were talking about energy Mm -hmm. and uh i just have to ask it anyways do you find that you like when you're channeling and all this fun business do you notice that you can actually see energy like auras and energy of that sort or is it just more of a feeling like you can feel the energy of someone when they walk in the room
1: yeah so i know some people can see energies like wow really impressive i don't okay i do see auras sometimes uh it just depends but if the person has really strong aura then yes i will kind of the coloring of it yeah i feel energies that's a firm fact but yeah as i said unfortunately i'm not seeing them sadness
0: that's okay (laughs) the energy feeling so when this person comes in let's say it's someone that's kind of terrible what's your experience when someone comes in and you know that there's nothing good about this individual you want no part of them
1: Okay. So, oh, you see, that's a tough one (laughs) because I see good in everyone. So when somebody comes in with a negative energy, I still try to do my best to concentrate on the positive aspects of them and kind of build it from there. Because even with my clients, like I have clients that been convicted Right? That's okay. To I was gonna prison. ask you that. I have clients that are in the line of work that unfortunately I can't even say out loud. Okay. For many reasons. But um, I find that there is goodness to all human beings. It just, some humans have it so far hidden deep inside because they've been hurt so much that they put on this persona, this hard shell on the yeah. outers kind of outer, outside of them where yeah. my job is to pass through it find that little tiny spark of kindness that they still have inside because if they're living there's still a little spark of kindness to them yes and kind of build that light out from within yes and that's the biggest thing for me so when it comes to energies or it comes to people another side note is i'm very empathic so i can feel other people's intent, and I can feel other people's emotion. So if you were to come in, you can smile all you want. But if you're pissed off on the inside, I will feel what you're feeling. And as a child, at first, like growing up, it was very confusing, because I would be happy one moment, and then angry the next moment, and my feelings would be all over the place. But then once and even in adulthood, I had issues with it, because I would go into the meetings all happy. And all of a sudden, my mood would change. And I would think that there's something wrong with me. But once I start being more self-aware, start learning about myself because again, this journey started with me. Yes, I use book smart knowledge to help my clients, but that's just my base. Truly what I'm using is my experience because I went through the journey and that's another part of why it's so important for me to be transparent is because I want to show people that, listen, I've been in your shoes. This is what I did and this is where I'm at. So if you want to be here as well, you need to do the steps and I've already proven that it works. Which yeah. is very very important. So again, once I started discovering myself, I realized that I'm empathic in a sense that I can feel what other people's feeling, regardless of whether they try to hide it or not. So automatically, when I come in the vicinity with somebody who's angry or bitter, yes, I can feel it in their energy. Yes, I can feel it within them because now I can identify it. I'm really good at separating myself from that feeling. I'm really good at let's say if I come across somebody who's very frustrated, I'll feel frustrated, but right away I'd be like, wait, Julia that ain't your frustration that's their frustration yeah so i kind of push it away from me in a sense i don't know how to explain it no that makes sense my (laughs) words (laughs) my (laughs) Um, actions speak louder than my words exactly Uh, i agree with that but uh yeah hopefully that answers question. that makes
0: perfect sense it's just funny because i feel like in some sense i can really feel energy in a sense i know how that sounds for a lot of people i'm not i I don't think i'm that empath uh, empathetic if you will but I, i definitely feel like when So it's not so much the positive. I can feel like positive just feels normal and airy. But I feel like when someone comes in and they're very dark, I can immediately tell without even looking at them that this is not someone I want to spend my time or effort on. So I definitely can feel that, I feel.
1: Well, you see, again, not everyone meant to heal and change people's lives, right? Yeah. Again, so my way to enlighten people or make their lives brighter is through counseling, through being there for them. But others do it through podcasts or through baking delicious cakes that make people happy, delicious. or through art, you know, <laughs> or uh, I don't know. Some people do it through music, through songs. So there's different ways that you can enlighten and inspire other souls. But honestly speaking, we all have the same base to us. We all all very intuitive. We all very empathic. The question is, do we want to feel it or not? Because again, growing up, when people tell us that the feeling that we're feeling is wrong, that it's wrong to cry, that it's wrong to, wrong to get angry, that we need to suppress our frustrations, it really limits our self awareness. Yes. So again, once you start going on the self-awareness journey, once you start questioning yourself, why am I acting this way? Why is this triggering me? What's really in it for me? Why am I keep getting into the same relationships that end up exact same way? Yeah. Recognizing the patterns, learning the lessons. That's when you realize that, whoa, I am empathic. Wow. Okay. I can feel energies. Because honestly speaking, yes, I don't see energies, but I think that it's still coming in my future because as much as I'm self-aware, I think think i have a long way to go still and i'm excited about it
0: that's a good way of looking at it now i'm going to ask you something that is not insulting it's just kind of off the beaten path and Mm -hmm. it may not have anything to do with how you do business now for you i know you say you don't see energy but let's let's sidestep a second and what is your view on ghosts and demons have you seen them do you feel them
1: Mm, ghosts and demons (sighs) That's a very interesting question. I have so much to say. My brain is running wild right now. (laughs) I'm like, are you sure you want to ask that? Because even three hours won't be enough. (laughs) Okay, I do believe in ghosts and demons. Just like I believe in aliens. Okay. Everything is possible and really... I'm not an all known guru that, you know, known at all. I've seen people that I would imagine or I felt like they were soulless. Okay. I do believe in such things as, um, you know, entities out there that are buying souls. And that's why some humans, you know, like you can see them, they're kind of like a walking zombie.
0: Would you say that's more celebrity like? Or is it just like more. Ah, uh, that
1: too. Ooh, we're getting to <laughs> Illuminati. I see where you're going. With I mean, it. I wasn't I'm trying I'm to push that. for it. I'm just. <laughs> Just
0: in the direction. I'm just oh curious. Oh, my
1: God. I'm I'm loving this. I really <laughs> am. This is definitely up my alley. Yes. Yes, we can see that with celebrities. We can see that with non-celebrities. I mean, honestly, like, I don't know, even going to a grocery store. Yep. If you look around, you will see some people, they have like this angry look, but they still have a look. Some people have like this spark in their eyes, but some people, they are literally like zombies. And that's the type of people that I would call soulless. And in terms of demonic people, yes, I've seen those too. And those are the people that are full of anger and they just really, yeah, they're just full of anger, full of resentment, full of bitterness. And I try not to associate myself with people like that. But honestly speaking, people like that don't even make their way to me. I'm not trying to say it in a condescending way, but I do think I have too much light to me for those type of people. So I'm kind of like a repellent to them yeah because I do because there's ha- always some
0: form of positivity that you're looking for yeah
1: and, and it just it wraps them the wrong way just like people that are bitter and angry it's hard for them to be around me because I'm too happy for them yeah you know i've heard that feedback from people saying oh my god you're too joyous or oh my god you're just so happy on life it's overwhelming and it's like okay well
0: <laughs> sorry i'm myself <laughs> <yeah>.
1: <laughs> i'm sorry it's too much joy for you you know <laughs> but um i think that would be the short answer without a three hour conversation on it no no that's but, okay uh, like
0: i've always uh i swear mm-hmm. i've seen people that seem like to possess uh, possessed if you will mm-hmm. so that's why i was kind of seeing if you know, you, you mentioned that it was like a repellent, so you don't have to deal with them. But Yeah,
1: it- I try, again, uh, they're not part of my reality. Yeah, let's put it that way. And it's similar like with haters. I remember uh, one of uh, my friends asked like, oh, my God, Julia, like you're online. Do you ever like deal with haters? Because there's a lot of them out there. Sure. And I said, like, I never get the haters because maybe I just don't even see it. Because in my reality, there is no room for that. There is no room for demons. There's no room for haters. There's no room for, I don't know, anything along those lines. Because I really try to stay on high vibrations. I try to keep myself on higher frequencies. I think my strong sense of faith and unconditional love definitely helps with it. But even when I'm feeling down, I try to think positively uh, right away. So I can sort of, again, raise my vibrations. And I really try to live virtuously. That's another thing too. So I try to live through humility, which is not judging people. I try to live through charity, helping others and being kind. I try to live through patience rather than wrath, um, you know, and try to be patient towards other people. Yeah. I try to um, be grateful instead of envious. So again, if you look at, let's say, sins and virtues, it's very possible to live a virtuous life. Now, it doesn't mean your life can be boring. I mean, before this podcast, we discussed how wild of a party (laughs) I had last night. But again, even that party can be very virtuous, as long as you're not harming other people in the way. And I think that's what the difference between self-love and selfishness is, where a lot of people think that self-love is selfish, but there's a huge difference. Because self-love is when you love yourself at your own expense. Yeah. Selfishness is when you love yourself at expense of others. So that's a big difference too. So again, let's say if we take a sin that is greed, yep. right? The opposite is charity yep So if you think about it, some people might be charitable and might be giving, but they only doing it to receive because they're guided by greed. It I, it's so funny.
0: I, I know what yeah. you're saying. I, I actually talked about this on uh, another podcast episode recently on dating, and I and I have this thing about nice guys. Nice guys only do things for the expectation that they'll get something in the end. So I always tell people in my personal situation that when they're like, "Oh, you're such a nice guy," it's like, "I'm not a nice guy. I'm not a." Nice guy i don't have the expectation of receiving anything from you i'm me and that's who i am that's it so it's kind of funny how you brought that up and for some reason that holds a lot of relevance in that respect for me
1: but you know what it is i can see that in you you actually have very kind eyes you have a very strong and pure core to you like good for you you. so when people say you're a nice guy you are a nice guy but yeah not a nice guy (laughs) (laughs) i know i just wanted
0: to say it back to me (laughs) so let me ask you about this you might have already kind of mentioned it but I wanted to go in a little more in-depth. Healing, do you find that um, when people talk to you, they can they can do almost like a spiritual healing with you.
1: Yeah, of course, I believe in psychosomatics, and that's something I. Studied. What is
0: psychosomatics?
1: Ooh, <laughs> psychosomatics is when your body reflects your mental well being. Okay. So, for example, let's say um, if you
0: feel like you're dying, you'll your skin and your color in your skin will <laughs> all kind of leave because you're pretty much killing yourself off mentally.
1: Uh, sure, I, I know mean, that's it's a very.
0: Uh, it's a bit sick way.
1: <laughs> more in depth, like for example, let's say if we look at cancer right yes based on psychosomatics cancer is known to be coming from suppressed anger and resentment because suppressing anger and resentment is a very toxic feeling what is cancer cancer is toxic cells Yep. So it's kind of a self-destruction from within the body physically. That's what cancer is. And that's exactly what happens mentally when somebody is holding on to that anger and resentment from within, trying to smile on the outside. Yeah. It destroys your body and your mind from within. Or, for example, let's say right side of our body is is represents our father, like father side, father figure. Yeah. Where the left side represents our mother figure. So for example, if you were to come to me and say, oh my God, I cannot stand on my left leg. Like I keep breaking it. It keeps popping, hurting. I would automatically ask you, how's your relationship with your mom? Hmm, and chances are the relationship with your mom will be suffering. <laughs> that's a, a, at least that's what my experience brings, right? Okay. Like, oh, for example, and again, there's psychosomatics for everything. Let's say if you look at um, neck issues. So neck issues is believed to be a disconnect between your mind and your heart. So if you have mixed feelings, let's say you're trying to think logically, but then you're feeling through your heart and you're getting mixed signals your neck would be hurting.
0: My neck hurts all the time.
1: <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> okay, I don't know if you were sarcastic or if you mean
0: it. Uh, We'll leave that to...
1: Uh, okay, for after? Yes. Yeah, don't worry, don't worry. I'll heal you. Oh, I'll heal you, you John. <laughs> but yeah, so there is a lot to... Psych- like, for example, vision, right? Somebody who doesn't have a good vision might look into... Um, Not wanting to see the future, you know, or not wanting to see the truth in front of their eyes, right? So, again, our body kind of reflects what's happening in our mind and in our soul. Yeah. So, and I do believe, like, for example, Dolores Cannon, she always talks about that humans are meant to be healthy. Yeah. So if we have a healthy mind, we'll have a healthy body because blood pressure, all the diseases like even diabetes, right? Like diabetes believed to be um, to come from the fact that the person doesn't give enough sweetness, aka love to themselves. Yeah. So they deprive themselves from let's say joy and self-love and self-happiness and therefore they fulfill it through sweets. And I mean, even on the physical level, a doctor might say, well, that makes sense, of course, because when you eat sweets, you feel better. You feel, you know, happy for a moment. So, yes, it makes sense even from physiological point of view right uh, another interesting thing is weight so for example somebody who is and oh that's uh, I have an interesting story for you okay okay I had a client who um, I was talking to about psychosomatics and I was explaining that a person gains weight when they need protection let's say um, if you see an overweight child right they might feel like they need to protect themselves from their parents or their body kind of becomes bigger because they're looking for attention so, a client that I'm talking about her program was actually attention which was very interesting and it all kind of came together at the end when we figured it out because growing up she was um, like during the teenage years um, I think in like between age of 16 and 17 she gained a lot of weight and uh, when I start telling her that you know it um, might Be coming from your desire for attention Because that's when her parents were going through divorce That's when she kind of was left on her own She looked at me and she goes Well, no, Julie, I was on this medication And this medication, side effect, is weight gain So I asked her for the name And I kind of Googled it myself To see it for myself What are the side effects And there was lots There was headaches There was upset stomach uh, Vomiting Sounds like one of those
0: infomercials I know, I know, right? You'll feel better if you have this But it'll cause cancer It'll cause blood clots It'll cause seizures (laughs) Diarrhea I know Oh, I know. This I one's for you.
1: <laughs> I actually laugh at it every single time. It's
0: the most horrible thing I in the know. world. It's almost like a mad TV skit. I know. Oh. And you know what?
1: There's so much more to it, right? That goes back to my uh, beliefs when it comes to Illuminati's, you know, and evilness, really spelling it out, what they're yeah. doing, because that's how they get away with it, right? If they tell you that they're going to possess your body, then they're all clean and clear if you say nothing, right? Yeah. And, um, but anyways, going back on track and attention, uh, when I looked it up, yes, there was a side effect of weight gain, but there was also side effect of weight loss. So I told her, if we look at it, your body chose weight gain rather than weight loss because both were possible. Meanwhile, like it was possible not to have side effects. So yes, it's true. Physiological things do happen to us on the materialistic, like on the outer world, but there is still a subliminal message. And that's what I was trying to explain to her is she could have. Her body went the way of inflation and way of gaining weight and screaming loudly for attention rather than the other way. Because when somebody is becoming very skinny and anorexic, it's their way to kind of disappear from life. They want to be unseen. They want to be so quiet. They're trying to disappear even though they're still physically here
0: take the least amount of space possible
1: exactly exactly so again when you see children like i have a weak spot when it comes to kids so sometimes you know when i'm at the park with my children and i'll see some like little boy you know like very very skinny running around and then running up to their mom or dad and their parent kind of yanking them by their hand and you can see it right away that you know you know where it's coming from it's yeah it's kind of sad but then at the same time it's interesting for me to live my life now because as I'm seeing people I can see kind of their working walking pains Okay, In a sense. Yeah. So when I see somebody, I'm like, oh, okay, I can see his pain. I can see her pain and I know what they're going through. So to me.
0: None of that becomes overwhelming. Like where you go home, and you're like, wow, that really. That really sat with me too hard.
1: Uh, you know what? There are nights... Like, I, I'd lie to say that it doesn't affect me because there are nights when I will just cry because I feel so sad for humanity. I do. Okay. I feel really sad for people suffering. Um, and that's another thing why I don't watch news. I do not watch news. Same I do here. not read news. <laughs> because you know what? I feel so helpless. I feel like I can... Like, at this point of time, I'm not a public speaker yet, so I do not have the muscle flex to really make a change. Okay. So to me, it's just so upsetting because, again... I I love humanity so much that to see anyone suffer is just personally painful for me to witness.
0: I get that. So before we wrap this bad boy up, what is one message you would love to get out before we close this up?
1: Oh, thank you, thank you, <laughs> thank you! I love this. Uh, you know what? One most important message to know and remember is that if people don't love and accept you how you are and for who you are, they're just not your people. And I always say that there's eight billion people in the world, and if you think about it, out of 24 hours, let's say 12 hours goes to eating, showering, sleeping, whatnot. So that means that it leaves you with another 12 hours. And even if you have no job and nothing to do, how many people do you think you can fit in in that 12 hours? On a consistent basis, 10, 20, even 100. Even if we say that you can maintain a relationship, a healthy, good, strong relationship with 100 people at a time, yeah, that's easy to find in 8 billions. So don't settle for anything less than someone loving and accepting you, how you are and for who you are. Because trust me, there is a match to everything. If you, I don't know, if you love sitting and sleeping on the couch naked every Saturday and Sunday night, like nonstop, believe me, there are women that love that. (laughs) If you, I don't know, uh, are the type of person that doesn't like physical hugs, kisses and attention, there are women that also do not like I don't know, being touched or manhandled. Now, if you're the type of person who loves being affectionate and hugging, again, there are women and men that love being affectionate and love receiving affection there are people that are romantic there are people that are not romantic the funny thing is people are trying so hard to play a role that they're not that they're not showing their true colors but if everyone were to show their true colors it would be so easy for us to match because I swear I've seen it all like there are people that can match based like what's weird to you might be absolutely normal to somebody else like I've seen um I actually had a friend who loved eating uh, pickles with honey she's like oh my god I Never. Very strange find combination. A gu- yeah. And she's like, I will never find a guy who will like eating pickles and honey. Sure enough, she was herself and she finds a guy who loves eating pickles and honey. Like literally, I swear, that's probably what they do every Sunday night. Like, Jesus. you know what I mean? The whole point is if when you're true to yourself, you can actually find somebody who will love and embrace you for that yeah. because they love just the same thing
0: that makes perfect sense i very much appreciative of your time julia and i hope you guys are very appreciative of julia's time as well
1: thank you so much for having me this was so much fun and i hope we get to do it again for sure
0: don't see why we couldn't
1: it's amazing so
0: (laughs) a wise person once told me nobody likes a tip so that's why we Go deep. Go deep.
1: Go deep. Go deep. This is Go Deep Productions.
0: Thank you for listening to Go Deep the Podcast, a member of Go Deep Productions, where we give our opinions like we have a clue. You can find us on all forms of social media. If you would like to reach out to the show, email us at go deep the podcast at gmail.com. And remember, always go deep.